Advent series. Uh, and again, uh, we're going to be talking about who we become why we, while we wait is as important as what we're waiting for. Uh, but just a little recap. Last week, week three, Dustin talked about um, how the awesome thing is while we're waiting on God, we're waiting with God. Uh, God is amazing in that sometimes we feel like, man, there's something that's coming and we're waiting for that. But while we're waiting, God says that he's with us. So, man, what an amazing comfort. And, and man, a powerful, powerful message last week. And if you if you missed it, I encourage you to, to jump on um, um, any of the podcasts, you know, Spotify, Apple, any of those platforms. Jump on there and listen to week three. And if you miss a series, uh, jump, listen to weeks one, two, and three. They're amazing. But this week we're going to be talking about... Um, the process of waiting and who we become during that process is as important as what we're waiting for. And we're going to unpack that a little bit. Um, but there's something that, that's a little, I wanted to share. I came across this on Instagram this week and it's, it's just a, it's a picture and it says it's a long hallway uh, of these doors and they're all closed and you're standing at this, this perspective of looking at this hallway. And I love, um, uh, this picture said, until God opens the next door, praise him in the hallway. Amen. Until God opens the next door, praise him in the hallway. I love that because it made me think of this series, The Waiting Room. Uh, oftentimes we feel like we're in that hallway. There's all these doors, right? A job, relationship, church, ministry. God, what do you have for me? What city do you want me to live? All these things politically and spiritually and, and on and on our lives all around us are all these things doors potential doors that are open and often we're in that hallway and we're waiting we don't know which doors are opening and closing and i just love this picture that when no doors are opening and we're waiting for that next one praise god in the hallway this ties into what dustin said last week that while we're waiting god is with us we're waiting with god we're not just waiting on god we're waiting with god so man, be patient through this process and, and the waiting, the time of waiting on God, the verses in the Bible that talk about waiting on the Lord, how important that is. Uh, they're powerful and they're true. So man, if you're in a place, I just encourage you right now, this is for someone out there. If you're in a place and you're in that hallway and you don't see any doors opening, don't worry about the doors right now. Just praise God in the hallway. Thank him for who he is and while you're waiting for him, he is a good, good father and he loves you. So, man, I'm excited about uh, week four because this process of who we become while we're waiting is so important. And in fact, it ties into the whole point uh, of why we are still here, why the church is still here, why after Jesus left, right, he charged his disciples with, with sharing the good news. And we are his disciples and we are charged with the same thing, to share the good news. So, so as we're waiting for Christ to return. Similarly, or like when the when the gospels start, right? The people they, they were waiting for the Messiah, and then and then here's Jesus, and some believed and some didn't. Some still don't think that Jesus was the Messiah, and they're still waiting for that. So so we can learn a lot from from what we read in scripture and from the prophets leading up to Jesus. And now though, we have the benefit that Jesus died, came rose died rose from the grave and offer salvation and we are the beneficiaries of that and we have the holy spirit because he's already completed that work so now 
Let's just get the perspective. What are we waiting for in this Advent season? We are waiting expectantly for the second coming when Christ returns, right? So what do we do in the meantime? The reality is Christ could return now. The reality is Christ could return in 100 years, not in our lifetime. The reality is Christ could return in 10 years. We just don't know. So what do we do while we're waiting? And who we become during this time that we're waiting can be as important than what we're waiting for. What do I mean by that? Well, I, th I think you would agree that waiting for Christ to return is important. In fact, that doesn't do it justice. Waiting for Christ coming back is super important. It, it is the hallmark of our faith. It is the completion of, of God's plan from Genesis to Christ's return. So man, that's, that's powerful. So that's an important thing. So what do I mean by who we become while we're waiting is as important as what we're, wait, as what we're waiting for? Well, I mean this. Um, when Christ was here and he was about to go back to heaven, uh, he told his disciples what they were supposed to do. And we, we often refer to that as a great commission. He told them to share the good news with everyone. Share the good news told them to go throughout the world and teach them everything that he taught them. So Jesus said, everything I've taught you, you need to do this. So this is our job. This is what we're charged with doing. So who we become while we're waiting is as important as what we're waiting for, because Jesus said that he wants us to go and share the good news that he came to die in our place, to take all our sin and shame upon him, and that there's freedom in Christ. He paid the price and he wants us to share that with other people. He wants us to go and share the good news. That's important because it ushers in his kingdom. There's many verses and, and we don't have time to go through those all today. There's many verses that talk about how um, when, when everybody has heard the gospel, then Christ will return. Um, man, we have an amazing job to do. So I'm gonna talk a little bit today about who we should become while we're waiting. Some things in scripture that I believe offer us some, some good guidance and maybe some things to just um, remember and trigger that while we're waiting for Christ to return, we need to become true followers of Jesus. So we're gonna go through a few, um, a few verses and talk about, and again, this is not exhaustive. This isn't, I'm not telling you this is all this is about while we're waiting for Jesus to come. It's not. These are a few things that I think will help us to become who Christ wants us to be in the process of waiting for his return. So the first one we're going to look at is it, uh, we're going to look at Matthew 6.33. Um, many versions, this is, uh, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Um, I'm going to read this out of a, a little different um, translation uh, than kind of the, I, I guess what I consider the normal translation. I'm going to read out the, the Passion Translation. Um, so Matthew 6, 33. So above all, constantly seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. So again, this is Jesus talking towards Earlier in his ministry, Matthew 6, 33, the Gospel of Matthew. And Jesus is saying, so above all, constantly seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. So this is one of the, the other versions say, seek first the kingdom of God. So one of the first things that we're supposed to do is seek God's kingdom. 
And his is a spiritual kingdom. It's not about this world. It wasn't about Jesus setting a kingdom on this earth when he was here. This is God's kingdom as a spiritual kingdom. Um, and we're supposed to seek that first. So this is the first charge of while we're waiting, who we become. So I want you to remember this. Become a God seeker. Become a God seeker. Matthew 6, says, so above all, listen to that. that, that those are powerful words, above all. So you have everything, all these other things here and saying, so above all, constantly seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. Man, that's powerful. I fall short of that so often, but man, what a great prayer to start your day with God. Matthew 6, I pray that over my life, over my family's life, over the body of impact, that we would seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. So this is something for us to remember, become a God seeker. That's the first point that I wanna talk about is become a God seeker, Matthew 6, 33. This kind of sets the tone, right, of our lives. Are we seeking our kingdom? Are we seeking just distracted and, and going through our daily lives without seeking God's kingdom, without spreading the gospel? So be a God seeker. Second thing I want to talk about, and this is found in Luke 9, chapter 9, verses 23 through 26. And again, this is out of the Passion Translation. Um, this is, we become a denier of our own way. So the first one is we become a, a God seeker. Second one is we become a denier of our own way. Let's read this scripture, this, this passage. Jesus said to all of his followers, if powerful word, right? If you truly desire to be my disciple, you must disown your life completely. Embrace my cross as your own and surrender to my ways. I'm going to stop right there. Jesus said, if you're truly, if you truly desire to be my disciple, I love that because saying, if you truly desire, you're not going to get it perfect. Friend, you're not. But if you truly desire like Jesus, I want to be your disciple. He says, you must disown your life completely. Now, what is he saying there? He said, man, it's not about you. And if you really want to follow him, if I want to be a true follower of Jesus, a true disciple of Jesus, then I have to deny myself fully. I must disown my life completely. That seems difficult. I don't know about you, but it's really easy for me to grasp and, and latch on to, to, to what I want my own desires, but Jesus is challenging, man. This is a heavy deal. He says, you must disown your own way completely. It's powerful. Deny yourself. Other versions say that. Deny yourself. And he says, embrace my cross as your own and surrender to my way. So this is powerful. This is, this is the posture of humility. And, and if, you're, if you're following uh, the book, the Advent book that we've been going through, um, there's a lot in week four um, the various days that talk about day 23. In fact, humility looks good on everyone. These verses here really have to do with humility as well. It's, it's about surrendering ourselves, surrendering our own agenda, surrendering who we are and surrendering that to Christ, denying ourselves and saying, man, I'm going to take up your cross and I'm going to follow you. Friends, again, this ties into Dustin's message last week. We don't always get it. We're not going to get it right. We're not going to be perfect. But God is with us, right? Thank God for his grace and his mercy. But Jesus' point here is your desire, if you follow him, your desire um, is to be his disciple and you disown your own life, your own way, right? 
and you surrender fully to him. And, and, and friend, that is a process only accomplished by the Holy Spirit. It's not about you hunkering down and saying you're not going to do it. It's about the Holy Spirit. So verse 24. If you choose self-sacrifice, giving up your lives for my glory, you will discover true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, you will lose what you try to keep. Even if you gained all the wealth and power of this world and all the things it could offer you, yet lost your soul in the process, what good is that? What good is that? So why then are you ashamed of being my disciple? Are you ashamed of the revelation truth I give to you? I, the son of man, will one day return in my radiant brightness with the holy angels and in the splendor and majesty of my father. On that day, I will be ashamed of everyone who has been ashamed of me. Man, there's a lot there, friends. And remember, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, uh, speaking actually to people who were considering, man, do I want to follow this guy, Jesus? Is he the Messiah? And, and Jesus is talking about some pretty powerful things to consider, right? He talks about counting the cost of following him. So let's look at verse that verse 24. If you choose, he's saying self-sacrifice, giving up your lives for my glory, you will discover true life. Other translations say, if you lose your life, you'll gain it. Again, it's counterintuitive to our flesh, right? We think it's all about me and I got to preserve this and I got to do this. Jesus is saying, no, it's the opposite. Opposite, give up your life and you will actually find true life. If you choose self-sacrifice, giving up your life for my glory, you will discover true life. What's the other side of that? But if you choose to keep your lives for yourself, you will lose what you try to keep. You'll lose everything. So if we want to be Christ followers, but we, man, we want to hold on to our own lives, we're going to lose everything. It's about letting go of our identity and, and our identity being found in who Jesus is, the person of Jesus and what he's done. Verse 25, even if you gained all the wealth and power of this world and all the things it could offer you, yet lost your soul in the process, what good is that? Right? This verse here reminds us of what is important. It reminds us of what is of value. It's our souls. It's our being. It's our essence. The Bible talks about like this body, right? This flesh. This will pass. But my soul, who Kevin Barrett is, is really the soul God created. In Psalms, it talks about um, how he, he formed all of us. Before we were in the womb, he knew who we were. Right? He gave us our essence, our being. Oh, man, it, it, and that's amazing. And, and that's really what he's talking about here is that our souls, that's what's valuable. That's what's valuable because it lasts forever, right? And so, so losing your soul, if you gain all that and lose your soul, then what's the point? None of it matters. Um, and I love how his next, he goes on to say, so then why are you ashamed of being my disciples? Interesting question, right? Why are you ashamed to be my disciples? Are you ashamed of the revelation truth I give to you? I think that's powerful because if we're ashamed to be called his disciple, what we're really saying is we're ashamed of the truth that you've revealed to us. It should be the opposite, right? We should be so freaking excited to share with other people about what Jesus did for us. You know, that we almost can't keep our mouth shut about it. We're not ashamed. We have to tell them, like, this is what Jesus did. This reminds me of... Um, I, Elf. We showed this here at church, our, at a, our drive-in. We showed the movie Elf, and I love that movie. And, and this reminds me of, I want to be like this for the gospel, right? Do you remember the scene? 
uh, when he walks in New York, he walks into that coffee shop and he, it's a little diner and he sees that sign, world's best cup of coffee. And he walks in and he's like, congratulations. And he's so excited. He's like, you guys did it. The world's best cup of coffee. And I love the scene where he's looking at him like he's crazy. But Elf doesn't care. Buddy doesn't care. He is just going in there saying, in that context, he's just encouraging them. Hey, you guys made the best cup of coffee and just congratulations. It's amazing. I wish I, I want that same enthusiasm for the gospel. What Jesus describes as the revelation truth that he has given to us. The revelation truth that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. That is the revelation truth that we should not be ashamed of. That we should boldly proclaim to others. That we should do it in love and go, man, I got to tell you something, brother. Jesus Christ died for you. He took your place. All your sin and your punishment. He loves you. He did that for me. He saved me. And man, it just flows from us because we're so proud of what Jesus did. And we're so humbled that the creator of the world would come down as a little baby. We're about to celebrate Christmas, Advent, the coming of the Messiah. That he would come down in a form as a little baby, as a human, and live among us. Live among us. Minister to us, share the truth of the gospel, willingly go to the cross and die. But he didn't stay dead, right? That's the victory. He conquered death. He rose from the grave. And that, friends, is the revelation truth that Luke is talking about in chapter 9, verse 26. Do not be ashamed of the revelation truth. What does this have to do with waiting and who we become? Well, we need to become followers of Christ, denying ourselves. And then through that process, we have life. And through that process of life, we are not ashamed of the gospel. If we're ashamed of the gospel, what happens? We're talking about Advent being the arrival, the coming of Jesus. So the second coming is what we're kind of focusing on here. And this is what Jesus says in the last part of verse 26. And we just talked about being ashamed and and. This is heavy. I, the Son of Man, I, Jesus, will one day return in my radiant brightness. Talking about his second coming. He's telling the disciples that I'm going to return in my radiant brightness with the holy angels and in splendor and the majesty of the Father. Just get that picture of Christ returning in his glory and his brightness with the angels and, and, and just the splendor and majesty of the Father. On that day, that day that he returns, that day of his arrival, that day of his coming that we are celebrating, that we are anticipating now in the season of Advent. He's saying on that day, get this, I will be ashamed of everyone who has been ashamed of me. What he's saying on that day that I return, if you did not follow me, if you were not a disciple of me and you were ashamed of the the revelation truth that I gave you, then I'm going to be ashamed of you. Friends, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in that category. I don't want Christ to return and to see me to be ashamed because I've been ashamed of him. Father, may that not be us. May we become a denier of our own way and a follower of you wholeheartedly. Thank you for the revelation truth that you have given to us. Man, I don't know about you, but man, let's pray about we're going to be a God seeker and we're going to be a denier of ourselves. A lot of times, man, even saying that, right, that's, that's like 
counterintuitive because we're supposed to promote ourselves and we're, we're supposed to build ourselves up. No, no, we surrender that to Jesus. We let him build us up. We let us in his timing elevate us. We don't worry about that. So man, I'm gonna move on to this, this next point that, that, that we need to become an endurance runner. An endurance runner. There, some of you know uh, Kurt McMorris and he's a crazy runner and he runs crazy distances and he recently just com- com- completed another marathon. That's 26.2 miles. Um, that's a lot. But man, thinking of Kirk McMorris and training that, we need to become an endurance runner. So, so we're going to become a God seeker. We're going to become a denier of our own way. And we're going to become an endurance runner. Matthew 24, 13 through 14. And again, this is out of the message. Matthew 24, verses 13 through 24. Listen to this. Jesus says, staying with it, that's what God requires. Stay with it to the end. You won't be sorry and you'll be saved. All during this time, the good news, the message of the kingdom will be preached all over the world, a witness staked out in every country, and then the end will come. Man, do you guys get that? That is powerful. So he's saying, stay with it. Don't give up. You got to keep going. This is what God requires. Stay with it till the end. You won't be sorry. We can trust God. His word is true. So he's telling us right here, Jesus said, stick with it. Another version says, he who endures to the end shall be saved. The saying, stay with it. That's what God requires. You won't be sorry. You'll be saved. The opposite of being sorry. All during this time, the good news, the message of the kingdom. This is what we're talking about, right? Seeking first God's kingdom. In Luke, we talked about that. In Matthew 6, 33, we talked about, so above all else, constantly seek God's kingdom. So here we are. Um, the message of the kingdom will be preached all over the world. This is, this is drawing. This is what we're talking about before. What are we supposed to do while we wait? And who we become while we're waiting is important. And it says, um, it will be preached all over the world. A witness staked out in every country. And then the end will come. When we, who are called by Christ, when we, who have received salvation, we are called to preach this gospel everywhere. And God's word says that when that happens, when we have preached it everywhere, when there's a witness staked out in every country, then the end will come. The end of this age, the end of this world, the second coming of Christ will be ushered in. Man, that's powerful. That's glorious. And man, that that is a... That is what we're waiting for in this Advent season, the second coming, God. We thank you and we love you for that. So we need to become an endurance runner. The last thing um, that I want to talk about and make this point of who we become while we're waiting is as important as what we're waiting for is because we need to, we need to become a goer. We need to become a goer. And, and, and Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. Um, the Great Commission is often Matthew 28. That's what we quote it. And Mark has the Great Commission as well. He records what Jesus said. So in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 16, then he said, then Jesus said, this is at the end of his ministry, he said, go into the world, go everywhere and announce the message of God's good news to one and all. Get that, friends. Go everywhere and announce the message of God's good news to one and all. Whoever believes and is baptized is saved. Whoever refuses to believe is damned. So friends, I want to encourage you to be a goer. We need to go. While we're waiting for the second coming, while we're waiting, who we become, we got to become a goer. 
We gotta go, we gotta go. That doesn't mean we just stay at impact in our building. That, that doesn't mean we just stay in our homes and, 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 and talk about it like, man, it'd be cool to share this with people. It says everywhere we go, we gotta be on mission. While we're going, while we're doing, we need to be talking about the good news of the gospel. This is what it's all about. I mean, when you talk about priorities in our lives, it should be so far above, it's not even on the scale, the gospel, sharing the gospel. So I'm just going to quick recap. Um, this week we're talking about waiting and who we become during this process of waiting is critical. And so we got to become a God seeker, number one. Number two, we got to be a denier of our own way. Number three, we have to become an endurance runner. And number four, we have to become a goer. We got to go. We got to spread this message of the kingdom of God and his love. This is our call, my call, your call. Man, if you're listening to this and you put your faith in Jesus, this is what you're called to do. So man, let's encourage each other to do that. And if you're listening to this and you don't know Jesus, that's the first step. That's what we're talking about, the good news of Jesus. We're celebrating his birth coming up at Christmas. Why did Jesus come? Why is the story of him in a manger and, and God sending him down? Or what, what is the whole point of that? It's because God sent him down to become the savior of the world, the Messiah. God had a plan from the beginning of creation and, and we messed that up with sin, Adam and Eve. You know the story and since that time, I don't know about you, I am a sinner, big time sinner. Man, and, 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 and man, that separated us from God and his holiness and his goodness. But God had a plan from the beginning and he sent Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, his only unique son, sent him to earth as a baby to live among us, no sin. He died and when he died, he took your sin, my sin upon him. He took the shame of that sin. He took the penalty of that sin. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. That's from Romans. Man, it says we deserved death. That's what we earned with our sin was death. But Jesus comes in and he takes our place. A sacrifice for all. Through one man, Adam, sin entered into the world. And through one man, Jesus, salvation was presented to the world. So Jesus took all of that on him. And he rose from the grave and he conquered death. And we are free in Christ when we put our faith in him. So I encourage you, if you've never taken that first step of putting your faith in Christ, do it. Do it. You can... You can um, Email any of us at Impact. You can call Impact the office. You can contact us online. You can leave us a message there. Please do it, don't delay. Man, we'd love to talk to you about it. Man, God is so good in this season of Advent as we wait for Christ's second return. What a glorious thing to wait for. So let us be prepared for that. Let us make sure that we are becoming who Christ wants us to be during that season. Pray with me, Jesus. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for coming, being willing to come in such a humble beginning and just teaching us humility, God. May we be humble. May we be able to be a seeker of you and a denier of ourselves, and an endurance runner and a goer. May we spread the good news of the gospel in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the series. Uh, we can't wait to see you. And man, God is good. Thank you, Jesus, for this Christmas season.